0: Thanks for joining the Fisher's Life podcast. We hope that what God is doing in our spirit filled community will also bless you today. To get connected, follow us on Instagram at Fisher's Life. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. God's given you a promise, and it's not going to stop now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, I feel good this morning. Anybody else with me? Amen. You may be seated this morning. It is great to be here in the house of God. It is great to be here with all of you wonderful people. Amen. Um, welcome. Good morning. Um, I got to give a shout out real quick because I promised him that I would. Um, I got my cousin here today, Chris. Uh, so, so, so great for me to be in church with him again. Uh, we grew up together, hung out all the time, went to church together. We were just talking about Youth Congress whenever we were kids, which was a long time ago. Um, I think the first Youth Congress that I went to was way back in like 90s. Like seven maybe wow I'm really old um I found a comic book the other day that was older than me though so that made me feel really good about myself um here we go we're gonna get right into it this morning I'm gonna try not to take up too much of your time but I can't make any promises um you know me this this may go an hour and a half who really knows I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Except for Lark, because she loves it when I go an hour and a half. All right, here we go. Um, uh, Joel chapter 2. If everybody can turn to Joel chapter 2 for me, Um, we are going to read verse 13. I'm so very, very excited to be here today. So very excited about this message. Here we go. Joel chapter 2 and verse 13. It says And rend your heart and not your garments. Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and relenting of evil. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to pray this morning. God, I thank you for your spirit that we feel in this place right now. I thank you, God, for allowing your anointing to move into this place. And I pray, Lord, that throughout this message that you've given today, Lord God, I ask that your anointing continue to be felt. I ask you, God, for your presence to move into this place once again, God, just in wave after wave. Change us today, oh God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. One after one, messengers came to Job. If you look back in the the, uh, book of Job in the Old Testament, uh, the very first messenger that came came and told him that all of his donkeys and his oxen had been taken and that all of his servants watching over them were slain. And then as the first messenger finished, you see another come and report that a fire from God has consumed all of his sheep and has consumed all of the servants watching over them. And again, as the second was finishing, came the report that all of the camels were taken and all of the servants slain. And then finally, a fourth messenger came to Job to inform him that while all of his children were gathered together to eat, that they had all been killed when a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell upon them, killing every single one. And then in Job chapter one and verse 20, it says, then Job arose and rent his mantle And shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And later on in chapter 1, when his friends came to visit him, they did the same thing. They rent their clothes and fell down in despair. When the spies that Joshua sent into Canaan came back with bad news and the people of Israel were frightened and rebelled against God, it is said in Numbers chapter 14 that Joshua and Caleb rent their clothes in despair. And then later, again in Joshua chapter 7, when one man disobeyed an order from God and caused Israel to be defeated by their enemies, Joshua rent his garments again, saying, Alas, O Lord God, why did you ever bring this people over the Jordan only to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Joshua rent his garments in despair and in grief. When King David received reports that King Saul and his sons were dead in battle, David and his men rent their clothes in mourning. When God pronounced judgment on the sinning King Ahab, he rent his clothes. Elisha rent his garments in mourning when Elijah was taken up in a chariot of fire. Hezekiah and his people, when they were in a hopeless situation and they were threatened with doom and were truly helpless... The king and his servant rent their clothes in grief and mourning and in fear. I think that you see a pattern that we're forming here today. Mordecai, upon finding out the scheme of Haman to destroy the Jews, rent his clothes in despair. And then finally Ezra, upon learning that the people of Israel were marrying themselves to the heathen people of the land, he rent his garments and the Bible says he sat down appalled. The rending of garments in the Old Testament was something that is very common, something that is even common throughout the New Testament. It was a sign of mourning. It was a sign of despair and grief and sorrow, of helplessness and desperation and misery and hopelessness. The rending of garments was something that they did when they had nothing else to do. They had nothing else to give, no other way to show that they were broken. They would rend their garments, they would tear them, and, and sometimes they would put on sackcloth and ashes, and they would humble themselves. But what we see in Joel chapter 2 is specific instructions for the people of Israel to refrain from rending their garments And what you need to know is in Joel chapter 2 and verse 13, what we just read, and rend your hearts and not your garment, you need to understand the context of what's happening here. Um, these people are now being faced with the greatest plague that's ever been seen on earth. If you go back to the beginning of uh, chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. It says, blow a trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, surely it is near. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. As the dawn is spread over the mountains, so there is a great and mighty people. There has never been anything like it, nor will there be again after it to the years of many generations. Nothing has been seen up until this time as great as this army that is coming, and nothing will be seen for generations after. Verse 3, a fire consumes before them and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them, but a desolate wilderness behind them and nothing at all escapes them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses and like war horses, so they run. With the noises of chariots, they leaped on the top of the mountains like the crackling of a flame and fire consuming the stubble like a mighty people arranged for battle. Before them the people are in anguish, all faces turn pale. They run like mighty men, they climb the wall like soldiers, and they each march in line. Nor do they deviate from their paths. They do not crowd each other, they march everyone in his path. When they burst through the defenses, they do not break ranks. They rush on the city, they run on the wall, they climb on the houses, they enter through the windows like a thief. Before them the earth quakes, the heavens tremble. The sun and the moon grow dark and the stars lose their brightness. The Lord utters his voice before his army. Surely his camp is very great. For strong is he who carries out his word. The day of the Lord is indeed great and very awesome. And who can endure it? All of these scriptures that we just read are telling the story of a great swarm of locusts that are coming upon the people of Israel. It was spoken of in Deuteronomy chapter 28. It said that just as the plague came upon Egypt, so would the plague come upon the people of Israel when they turn their backs against God. A great and mighty plague of locusts that leave nothing but destruction behind them. You can probably imagine that the people of Israel are, are, are trembling with fear as they see this coming, that they are stricken with grief as they realize that all of their grain, all of their crops are going to be destroyed. Everything that they have will be gone. They're not going to have food to feed their children. They're not going to have food to feed their livestock. They're not going to be able to do anything except mourn and be in grief. And even in this unbelievable face of of grief and this unbelievable face of destruction, they're instructed to not do exactly what they want to do, which is to rend their garments. In all of these scenarios that I told you at the beginning, all of these people in great grief and despair rent their garments because they had nothing else left to do. But Joel, too, tells them, do not rend your garments. Don't despair or mourn. They were told to abandon their sense of hopelessness and misery. And instead, they were told to do a few things. They were told to blow the trumpet in Zion. They were told to consecrate a fast, to call a solemn assembly, to gather the people, to sanctify the congregation, To assemble the elders, gather the children, to let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. To let the priests and the ministers weep between the porch and the altar and let them cry out to God to spare the people. And they were told to do this for one reason. They were told to do it because the Lord is gracious and compassionate. Because he's slow to anger and he's abounding in loving kindness and he's relenting of evil. And that's what I've come to tell somebody today. I've come to tell somebody that it's time in your life to stop rending your garments and it's time to rend your heart. The time has come to abandon hopelessness and fear. To throw out desperation and misery. To cease mourning and wallowing and grief to stop feeling so helpless and run to the one that your help comes from. It's time to rend your heart and repent before the Lord. It's time to turn back and give your heart to Him to consecrate your life to the one that gave you life. It's time to humble yourself and allow Him to do the work that He has promised He would do. It's time to give it all to Him to give him your worry, to give him your doubt, to give him your fear. Somebody, it's time to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Everybody everybody just worship right now. (laughs) Hallelujah, Jesus, we give you our praise. And please don't misunderstand me. I am not preaching to you today, but I am preaching to myself as well. We've all come across times in our lives where we just didn't quite know what to do. We didn't know, what, we didn't know how we were going to make it out. We didn't know how we were going to find a way to, to reconcile the situation that we were in. By a raising of hands, how many of you feel like you're in that place right now? I'm talking to somebody right now, somebody that's feeling like there's no way to win, somebody that's feeling like there's no way out, like there's no deliverance in sight, somebody that feels like you've done messed up so bad that even God can't find you, that everything's so dark around you that you're not going to be able to find your way back, somebody that's feeling like there's no way that God can still love you or that your family won't forgive you or that you'll never be more than what you are right now. Everybody in this place needs to know that every one of those feelings, while normal, is absolutely a lie from the devil and you need to run to the truth of Almighty God. Because there is nobody in here that's facing a situation dark enough that the light of Jesus Christ can't light it up and make that darkness flee. There's nobody in this place right now that's facing something that God doesn't have an answer for. This is a message of hope today, folks. This is a message today to run to the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of all things. You see, my God is the great I Am. He is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. And there's no problem that you have that he cannot solve. No problem that you have that he can't solve. How many times over and over again have we seen our God heal cancer? And yet there are people in here that are in despair because cancer has struck their body. Maybe somebody in here that cancer has come upon you and you're ready to rend your garment in despair and cry out and say, God, I have nothing else to do. How many times have we seen financial needs met? So many people in this church right now that are facing financial crisis, that are facing financial needs. So many people that have lost jobs. They don't know where their their help is going to come from. They don't know where their provision is going to come from. I'm here to tell you that your provision... I was told this when I was unemployed a few years ago by this woman sitting right up front. Your provision does not come from your job. Your provision comes from God. God is your provider. Your job is just the means by which He provides. You think that losing your job means that you're not going to be provided for? No, it just means that God's going to do something amazing and give it to you in a way that you never expected. I got to tell this story. I don't, I don't know if she's here. I don't see her. I was told a story on Wednesday night. One of the members of our church here was at work. And she said she felt God speak to her a specific amount of money that she need to, needed to give to the youth to go to Youth Congress. That she felt like it was a burden that God put on her. Husband's currently out of work. Um family is is not in a great place right now financially but she said you know what God if this is what you want me to do this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it by faith I don't know where it's gonna come from but you're gonna provide and later on, she told me a, a man came through to buy some fruit, and, and I, 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 forgive me if I, I'm misremembering this part of the story, you may end up hearing about it later, but he did not have the funds by which to buy his, his groceries, and so she stepped up and she said, you know what, let me get this for you. In a very Christian way, stepped up to help someone that was in need. And she came back a couple days later to a thank you card that had the exact amount of money tucked into it that she had promised God that she was going to donate to the Youth for Youth Congress. (laughs) Folks, I'm going to be honest with you. There are a lot of problems in this place that I have no idea how you're going to get out of them. I don't know. I don't know how you're going to deal with the things that you're dealing with. I don't know how I'm going to deal with the things that I'm dealing with let alone know all of yours, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we have a God that is able to just abundantly provide for every single need that we have. He's going to heal your heart. He's going to heal your mind. He's going to fill your pockets. Don't get me wrong. This is not a prosperity gospel. Corey, I'm going to ask your team to go ahead and come on up. There are people here today that are dealing with some stuff. But there are people here today that are dealing with things that cut much deeper than financial needs. There's people here today that's dealing with pain and hurt. That's not your fault. You didn't bring the pain and the hurt upon yourself. Maybe someone else has hurt you physically, emotionally, mentally. Maybe it even came from the church. Maybe it came from a position of ministry. There are plenty of people in here that have been hurt, and it's not your fault. And then again, there's people in here dealing with pain and hurt, and it's all your fault. One of my favorite quotes, my favorite all-time quotes, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes that reason is because you're stupid and make bad decisions. You can laugh because it's funny. I had to make sure that none of the kids were going to be in here before I start throwing around that S word. I don't want any parents getting mad at me later. But it's all right. My kids run around here and yell it all the time. Sometimes it's your fault. Maybe you're in a situation right now and it is all your fault. Maybe you're in a situation right now and, and you just made some bad decisions. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe you're dealing with anxiety and depression. There's people in here dealing with loss and loneliness. You're dealing with hardened hearts and brokenness. Maybe you're dealing with the effects of sin in your own life. I don't know what you're dealing with, but I can tell you that God's got an answer for it. No matter what you're going through today. No matter what you're dealing with. Know this one thing. The God of all the earth is here today. And all that he's doing is waiting for you to reach out. Here in Joel chapter 2. It tells us to consecrate a fast. And call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and the children and the people. Come together and turn back to God. All All that it's taking right now, all that it will take right now, is for you to say, you know what, God? I'm sick of dealing with this misery. I'm sick of dealing with grief and sorrow and hurt and hopelessness. I'm sick of it. You don't have to rend your garments today. All that you have to do is stand to your feet and raise your hands and cry out to God for help. Cry out to God to deliver you from your circumstances. Here's the thing. Joel chapter 2. Here's what he's going to do for you. All of these locusts are coming. And he says, you know what, folks? Don't rend your garment. Rend your heart. Turn back and come to me. And here's what he's going to do. He said, I will send you corn and wine and oil and you will be satisfied. I will make you a reproach no more. Take all of these things and apply them to your life this morning. I will drive off the army that seeks to destroy you. The pastures of the wilderness are going to spring. The tree is going to bear its fruit. The vine is going to yield its strength. And the floors are going to be full of wheat. He says, turn back to me and the blessings are going to flow. You're going to see all of these things come back. But there's more. In Joel chapter 2 and verse 25 says and I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm my great army which he sent among you not only are you going to see blessings come from this day forward but you're going to see all of the hurts and all of the pains of the past turn into something that God can use he's going to take all of the things that you've dealt with in your life and he's going to make something of them And I'm standing here today as a living testimony of those things. There's things that have happened in my life that God has been able to take and He's been able to make them something new. Something that doesn't hurt me anymore. Something that doesn't cause me pain anymore. But I'm able to wield that as a weapon against the enemy. Come on, somebody in here is dealing with something right now that just in a short amount of time you're going to be able to pick that thing up as a sword. You're going to be able to grab your Bible and you're going to be able to wave it in the air and you're going to be able to say God never left me. He never forsook me. And in all of the things that happened to me I'm able to stand on that as a a pulpit right now, as a pedestal and I'm able to say God can deliver you. There are many people in this church that have been healed from addiction. Many people in this church that have been healed from hurts. I can't tell you the hurt that was caused to me when my parents divorced. But I can also, I can't tell you the number of teenagers that I've been able to approach and I've been able to sit down with and say, God can heal this pain because he healed it in me some of you feel like all of this pain and hurt and despair and sorrow and hopelessness that you've felt over the last I don't know however long some of you feel like this is never going to end you feel like it's, you're never going to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel but I'm telling you there's more than light at the end of the tunnel there's more than just deliverance from your, from your afflictions there's more than just deliverance from your hurts and pains there's victory and there's power yeah. and if you don't believe me if you don't believe that there's power coming out of this if you don't believe that you're not going to be able to be something more than what you are right now just a few very short verses later Joel chapter 2 and verse 28 and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams your young men shall see visions and upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days I will pour out my spirit and verse 32 and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered I'm here to tell you you're in the face of the enemy right now I'm here to tell you to turn around go find God in the face of the enemy I'm here to tell you he's going to bless you I'm here to tell you he's going to make it a, 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 a sword that you can wield against your enemies and all good things are coming your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. In the face of all of the evil that you're facing right now, your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men are going to dream dreams. Your young men are going to see visions. Everybody stand with me this morning. is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad of it because today is the day of deliverance because today is a day where you're going to get up from your seat you're going to consecrate yourself to God, you're going to walk out these doors and you're never going to be the same again today may not be your deliverance date today may not be the release date from this hurt from the enemy that's coming against you maybe it's just going to be the reveal date maybe God's going to give you a word today and say you know what I've got this under control don't you worry about this anymore you get your nose in my word you get your hands in the air and I'm going to take care of everything but you know what whether you receive your deliverance today or whether you receive it next month or whether you receive it next year it doesn't really matter Because my God gave me a promise. And my God said that it's not going to stop now. Hallelujah. Somebody worship Him right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thanks for listening to Fisher's Life. Be sure to follow or subscribe to get the latest message every Monday.